PeerPod, where you are the peers and we're your pod. We are coming today from the CreateSpace studio in the Susan Wakil Help Building at the University of Sydney. Before we begin, I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land we are recording on, the Gadigal people of the Euro Nation. We pay respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of PeerPod. Today's episode is called How to Study. We'll be going over learning methods that add to maximize effectiveness and efficiency of studying. Before we dive in, I would like to introduce two lovely guests today, Jacob and Sebastian. Can you tell us who you are and what you do? Hi, Devanchi. Uh, thanks for introducing me. Uh, my name's Jacob. I'm a second year law student at the University of Sydney. Um, I'm also a paralegal and club coxswain for the UNSW Boat Club. And most of my spare time is spent uh, hanging out with my mini Datsun, Frankie. Very nice. Um, everyone, my name is Sebastian. I'm a third year medical student at Sydney University and um, I've been doing a lot of stuff online. So I've, I've actually have a YouTube channel where I sort of talk over what I've been learning, approaches to learning and just showing off um, and just sharing sort of what I get up to in medical school. So if you're interested in that sort of stuff, feel free to check it out. Um, but apart from that, I like the odd video games. I try run as much as I can used to be in athletics, but I'm too lazy now and lockdowns made it a bit uh, more of a challenge. But I love learning. I love taking up new skills and hopefully we can talk about some tips to help with you guys when it comes to approaching your own learning, getting them the maximum out of your study. Yeah, no, definitely. And the YouTube channel that you did mention, we'll definitely put that down into our little bio. So if anyone is interested, you can definitely check out Sebastian's channel. Uh, just to dive in, I mean, studying, this is a whole topic on its own. I mean, there's so many different ways to go about, you know, learning and learning methods. Just to kind of get into it, what do you think students, what do they not understand about how they learn? I think the biggest one would be that learning comes in stages. And there, there's, there's, there's tons of theories about how we learn. Um, the simplest one, perhaps, is the Fitz and Posner one, and it breaks learning into three stages. Um, so it breaks it into cognitive, associative, and the autonomous uh, stages. Now, these are rather big words that carry little meaning to those that haven't read his study, as I, I haven't read his study. But uh, what it basically breaks learning into is what to do, how to do it, and actually doing something. So rather than learning something for the first time and mastering it in that moment, we need to, uh, it's better to understand learning as a, a a long process of understanding what we have to cover, so what to, uh, what to do, um, how you do something. So how to do it describes being able to apply that content uh, in practice questions, for example, or in quizzes. And then the final stage being autonomous, so that when we are uh, learning the final stage of it, is being able to do it on your own. So being able to do it describes often an assessment or an examination. Um, so understanding that learning is a process rather than a point in time, uh, perhaps it's one of the most critical things that's misunderstood by, I'd say, quite a few students. Okay, that's really interesting. And what's your take on that, Sebastian? Yeah, that's, I actually haven't heard that paper or that study before, so I might have a read of it afterwards. But I've, I've looked at learning as a very personal thing. So a lot of people, they will have methods that they use that they've grown over time. And if you're in high school, or you're an undergraduate starting uni for the first time, you might look at people who are really smart or getting good grades and wonder how they do that. And you think that they might be geniuses, but a lot of the time they're just diligent and they have a structure. And I think what people don't 
utilize is trying to find their learning style and trying to find methods that actually work for them that's tailored to their needs and the way that they um, sort of learn. So there's a difference between studying and learning. So like I was very much um, into this misconception that if I put myself in the library for four hours or if I set a three-hour study timer, that that's three hours of, of learning. But it really isn't. And if you're not effective with the way that you approach learning, the things that you're doing, the type of concepts that you're learning about and how you're categorizing them in your head, it's just going to be a lot of uh, wasted time. And so the big thing that I think students miss when they start uni for the first time or they're trying to do really well on an exam is they need to tailor it to them. Don't just follow the crowd and do what your friends are doing. And really, when you are in that study environment, to make the most of that time, try not to break it up with um, with distractions and try not to um, just follow what your friends are doing because what works for them might not work for you. And at the end of the day, and there's three main learning styles that people um, you may have heard about or come across. And it's the whole idea of being a visual learner, an auditory learner, or a sort of a spatial learner. Um, probably toned that wrong. Someone can correct me. But I'm a very visual learner. So seeing images, drawing mind maps, um, I, I can visualize that back in the exam. Some people, auditory learners, they like to listen to lecturers, be taught from other people. And then there's people that need to really be in that environment, somatosensory. They have to actually be in a tutorial. They have to write things down or they have to create something. And so I think that's the first step before approaching anything is just figuring out which one of those boxes you fit into. No, that's that's actually great. And you know what? The thing you said about not following the crowd and actually knowing what you do is so important. And I can totally relate to that. I mean, going to the library for four hours just because your friends are going and thinking that you're learning all the material and then you come home and then you're just like, did I even learn anything today? I completely get that. I mean, we're going to get into this later about, you know, strategies and practices that you can use to get the most out of your studying. But that's so true because for a lot of people, like you said, you know, they need to write notes. Some of them need to listen to the lecture. Some of them can't sit in one place and study for four hours. So that that's a great point as well. And how do you think, like just understanding, you know, all these different ways of studying, how can you, how do you think this is going to help students study better? Well, as Sebastian already introduced, like those three styles of learning, what it perhaps may start for a student is the dialogue that, uh, again, as Sebastian so well put, that learning isn't the same for everyone. Although there's a, a vast amount of common ground when it comes to learning, being able to understand that you may not be the same as everyone else, and then also being able to understand the basics of learning will really put you in a good position to be able to tailor your learning experience to you. Um, so be it, you know, putting more emphasis on and taking more time on lectures or perhaps even, you know, doing it in a, in a reverse order, going to a tutorial uh, before watching the lecture, because that's you find a lecture, a better way of summarizing the content that you've learnt in a tutorial. Yes, that was pretty well put, Jacob. Then following on that, I think um, a lot of students, what they what they don't realize is that they're not just learning for passing exams. And I know an undergraduate studies and especially for a lot of my medical school exams this whole focus is to pass to get through it to get the grade and you know move forward but then two weeks later once you're in your new semester you, you don't really remember what you what you're learning about and you and your mom or your friend asks you like hey what are you what are you learning about Seb and you, you can't really recall and so there's a difference between just learning for the sake of passing exam and actually deep understanding where then you can put that knowledge into practice and the big thing for me when starting med school was that it's no longer just a mark on the page. It's actually 
you need to understand these things because you'll be obviously treating patients, diagnosing them, being involved in a medical team and having direct impacts on the lives of, of the patients that you talk to. And the knowledge that you have and being able to apply it is an essential skill. And so if you can look at learning and be effective at learning and change your viewpoint that it's not just to pass an exam and I'm going to sit myself um, in a library for six hours and feel good that I did something and, and, and change the, the perspective and be like, hey, actually, if, if I'm doing law, if I'm doing business, how is this going to help me with my job prospects? How am I going to implement these theories, these concepts that I'm learning about in practice? That will give you a little bit more of an oomph or a bit more motivation to, to actually want to learn them. And just, just like a final thing with that is being more effective with your study gives you time to do other things. And I, I, I like video games. I, I play a lot of League of Legends, if anybody knows what that is. Um, and that extra hour saved doing efficient study means I can play a game with my friends at the end of the night. Oh, no, that, that's completely fair. Um, like you mentioned, you know, just about learning and strategies, what do you think are some great strategies or practices that the listeners can adapt to or learn from? I'm not sure if this is actually a concept, but whenever I'm going about tackling a new concept or a new um, unit, I have this idea of study hygiene. So how how clean um, I'm spending my time. So this there's a concept of sleep hygiene, which is you know of of the eight hours you spend in bed, how much time you're actually spending asleep. Um, so in terms of really making the most of your study, I've, this concept of study hygiene is like for the eight oh, for the two hours that you're spending at your desk, how many of, of those minutes are actually productive towards what you're trying to do? So it needs to be really direct uh, and focused. Um, so as you can make more and more use of that two hours, so if you're actually using a, a greater percentage of that, you'll find that not only are you getting more done, but in many cases, you're getting it done to a higher quality as well. And as Sebastian said, we, after that, you have far more time for, to do the stuff that, you, that you'd much rather be doing. Yeah, and it's not always time, Jacob. Um, it, it's actually, that's that's really important that you want to obviously do more things, you know, do your hobbies. You don't want to be stuck in your room all day. But it's it's actually just taking away and absorbing because I've, I've sometimes done study sessions where I spend two hours and and if, if you don't apply that, it's, it's not going to work. And so there's there's a lot of study techniques online that you can watch videos about, um, that you can read about. And I'm, I'm sure some of you guys listening, if you're, if you're keen on learning, you probably heard about this, this concept of active recall, space repetition, um, interleaving. Um, they're really important principles. So active recall, just for those of you who haven't heard about it, it's essentially um, trying to actively think about the answer to a question and recall it from your memory. So rather than being being like, you know, uh, I can't think of a, a crazy question, but what's what's like the, the capital city of Australia? And then instead of just knowing, rote learning that, oh, it's Canberra, actually thinking about and taking that information. So for me, when you're trying to remember a bunch of uh, complex medical jargon, co- complex medical things uh, like what's a nephrotoxic drug or something, don't just read the list of nephrotoxic drugs and be happy with the fact that you learned it. Actually think about it. Ask yourself questions. And when you're studying, constantly ask yourself questions. So, um, Jacob, have you heard about space repetition? Have you heard about interleaving, like this sort of stuff um, during your law studies? Yeah, space repetition is... Um... Oh, not so much mentioned so much in law, but it's a concept that I think a lot of students, no matter the degree, no matter the field of study, could benefit from. And it's a it's if you if you really know how to use it, 
um, it's, it's a really powerful technique to leverage um, because it, it, it all feeds back into efficiency and quality of learning. Um, being able to touch on the same um, concept over a period of time uh, is far more useful than cramming it all into one uh, session three months before an exam. Um, so that that's, again, tying it back into that idea that learning is just this sort of long process where you really have to um, take take a really good relationship with your learning rather than treating uh, a subject like something you just got, got to get out of the way uh, <laughs> so you can go kick a ball around. Yeah, no, I think like a part of just growing up and the more years of school you do, the more you realize that regardless of the degree, whether you're in medicine, you're in dentistry, just realizing that you are studying to do better for the world and to do well in your job or wherever you're going to be after graduation rather than pass. I think that's a great way of getting students to look in a different way or look in a different perspective when they are studying, that it's not just, you know, for passing, it's for my patients one day or it's for my clients, you know, in law one day, whatever the degree may be. And I think that perspective is really important. Um, another thing that I did want to mention is a technique called the Pomodoro technique. Have you guys heard of that one? Definitely. Um, but just for the listeners who don't know, it's just a technique that kind of allows you to efficiently study with. So let's say you can pick the amount of time you're studying, the amount of time you go on a break. For example, you would do 25 minutes of studying and a five minute break. And you repeat this again and again. And it's just a great way of efficiently studying without procrastinating. And for me, per, like, for example, I can't just sit there and study for four hours. Either I lose interest at one point or I go on my phone and I get distracted but this kind of technique, especially just having it on my phone, just as an app or anywhere, even online, it helps me stay on track. And it also keeps me in check with what I'm doing during my breaks and when I'm studying. So have, do you guys use this technique as well? I, I completely agree with you. It's, um, it's one of those things where I've always abided by less is more. And people that some people will be able to study eight to 12 hours and actually absorb it all. But for the majority of us, and I think normal people who aren't geniuses like that, um, four hours of, of actual proper study is going to fill your brain up with so much information. You're not going to remember it if you go beyond that. And so the Pomodoro technique is great because you can do 30 minutes, be really in the zone and then have that five, 10 minute break and refresh yourself. It's like a reset button for your brain and then you can get back into it. Uh, like Devanchi was saying, it's, it's a great way to beat procrastination, but I think it's also a great way to actually retain what you're learning. So if you, if you don't already apply it, uh, there's these cool apps that you can get like forest, which you can plant a little tree. And uh, you can watch your tree grow. So as long as you don't use your phone or you don't uh, get distracted in that 30-minute timer that you set for yourself, you'll grow a little tree. Wait, and, um, is a real app? There's a, a, yeah, there's a real app. app. Yeah, it's called, <laughs> it's called Forest. And each tree you plant, you get points and then you can spend points. And I think that the, the company plants their own trees. So you can, you're sort of studying, planting trees, helping the planet. And also you can get, you can see your virtual little forest. So. Wait, um, so this might sound stupid, but is there an actual tree that's being planted? I'm so confused. It's charity based. So you actually you have to pay for the app and they actually I think in sub-Saharan Africa they're doing replanting of trees. Okay, wow, that's awesome. I was so confused why this was metaphor. The <laughs> <laughs> virtual garden or it's real. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> bit of both, bit of both. Well now the listeners have another app to download. <laughs> Love it. Uh, so as peer learning advisors, we do have another um, event that we're offering called Ready, Study, Go, which is just using the Pomodoro technique where we do 25 minutes on and five minutes off break. So if anyone is interested, definitely take a look at that. 
in the library calendar as well. And just to get into that university and, you know, resources that can be used, are there any resources that you guys want to recommend to university students besides the ones we've talked about just for their better learning? Um, So I'll be biased because I've been studying science and now in medicine, but if you are a medical student or about to start next year, uh, there's a great uh, University of Sydney page called Medicine for Students, which I will pretty much use all the time. It has all these links to different resources, including things like Scopus, um, Medline, UpToDate. They're all really good uh, medical resources, which gives you evidence-based papers and information about topics that you might be learning about. If you're a science student, I think that there's a few good YouTube channels and a few good online websites. So I used to love Osmosis when I was in preclinical and also just in in science because they have these cool little animations. Everything looks kind of cute. And there's a YouTube channel called Armando Hasunagan. I probably said that wrong. I'm sorry, Armando, but he makes great videos um, on everything um, science, pathophys, and just background uh, basic science knowledge. So when it comes to resources, I think that it's very much, again, a personal thing. Like I'll like resources that you won't like. And so the university has a great database of um, programs that you can use and also resources that are relevant to your faculty. So if you're a science student or if you're a law student or a business student, I'd suggest um, having a look at the internet and seeing what's available to you. During my honors research year, um, I really loved using GraphPad Prism, which was a software that was specifically given to me um, through University of Sydney Access. So definitely check out what's available to you, what software and programs that you can use, because they're more useful than you think. Okay, no, that's good to know. And for anything that has been mentioned, we'll definitely put that in the bio as well for the episode. Uh, Just before we wrap things up, I just have a question. Do you think it matters when, you know, trying to, when you're learning to find new ways to study and learning what's effective, how did you guys kind of, because everyone has, you know, some people are morning people, some people are night owls. How did you guys find, you know, in terms of what works for you? Like what time of the day works for you? Or do you just kind of work around your schedule? The the answer has to come in two parts because often if you have the liberty of having enough time to be able to figure out what works best for you, um, you can have a bit of fun with just trial and error. Like when are you most bright? For some, it's in the morning, like you said, um, and for others, it's at night. And if you have the time, again, most of us, most people won't, but you can, you can practice being able to study from a time. So, you know, waking up and studying from a time or studying to a time. So, you know, so you've got a 5, 5 p.m. meeting, being able to study from uh, whenever you're ready until that 5 p.m. Those two concepts are actually slightly different and your motivations will also be different uh, within those two things. So if you're able to, um, being able to, to trial and error how you study can be something that's fun, but also the outcome is that you end up with a personalized style of learning. Um, but when, when life does get a little bit busy and you're just trying to fit anything in where you can, um, you know, any sorts of apps that you can get on your phone that bring content onto your phone, your iPad or your laptop, being able to use those so you, that you can fill the little five minute blocks in your day, such as, you know, walking between classes or even, um, 10 minutes as you wait for the bus or something like that, being able to fill those little, those little parcels of time in a day, cumulative, cumulatively over a week that could add up to like three or four hours of extra study that you would otherwise not have. So being able just to fill little little time slots like that is something that I found, especially in a busy day, um, that really help. Yeah, I, I love that idea, Jacob. I always, uh, when everybody asks me, I call it incidental learning. So things that 
you, you just you just learn it to come through. And my mates have called me silly from doing flashcards or or trying to learn something while on the toilet seat. But that's an extra ten minutes that you get in the morning in the afternoon. So little things like that always add up. And when it comes to like working during different times of the day, I've always been a, a morning person, a night person. So you get to like mid afternoon, you hit that afternoon low, and you just don't want to do anything. And I think what students don't allow for themselves when they're when they're studying hard for exams sometimes is to give themselves a break to to give that reset day uh, there's nothing wrong with with taking time off and um sometimes you see online that we're on this sort of i guess wheel that we have to keep going we have to keep working and if we're not doing anything we'll feel guilty and even me when i'm not studying i feel guilty but that's i, I think the the wrong way to think about it if, if you are feeling guilty then you have to understand why that is and being productive, being efficient with your study is not so that you can always, yeah, yes, you want to learn more. That, that is one thing. Um, but also just to, to enjoy the process so you can go and do your own hobbies. And for me, I'm, I study a lot, but, but I'm not a, a huge fan of it. I, it's not something that's like giving me heaps of joy. It's like a five out of 10 sort of thing. And so I think whatever method you take away, um, it needs to, to make the process as enjoyable or as tolerable as you can. And so I love doing practice questions. They really work for me. I find that they're a real life application of what you're learning and they might come up in the exam. So it actually makes it more entertaining. Um, I love watching my lectures at two and a half times, three times speed after the recordings have been put up because I find that if it's slower than that, I, I, I sort of get sidetracked and, I, and, and being in a lecture environment doesn't work for me. And so like what Jacob was saying, it's about personalizing. It's about figuring out the times in your day when you're most active and it's trying to fill in those those gaps in the day and, and really be mindful of what you're doing and how you're procrastinating. Those are great thoughts that you guys had. Just before we wrap things up, I think the best takeaway that the listeners should honestly get is enjoy the journey. Enjoy what you're doing because if you don't enjoy it, you won't get you won't get to take away the main points of whatever you're trying to study. So I think those are great words. Uh, before we wrap things up, is there anything else you would like to add just for the listeners? I think if you were to take one thing away from today, it'd be that the best thing you can do for your study is to make sure that your 25 minutes of, of focus time is really focused and do that however you may um, using flashcards or active recall. Um, as long as you're staying focused, that time, I promise, will be productive. I think um, a little exercise uh, if you guys want to do something at home in your own time, and this is something that I did in the past, which helped really helped me study is to actually write down what you did in a day, in your typical day. Write down everything that you did from morning to night and figure out the times when when you sort of just wasted that. You, you watched a YouTube video for too long or um, you just was, was walking around the house mindlessly or you spent too long making that meal when you could have just been a little bit faster with it. Write down everything and you'll notice that there's all these gaps in the day where you could have fit that in with study. And if you can fit that in with study, then that's two hours to actually have proper mindful breaks. And I think... Breaks and study go hand in hand. You need to have a balance. Um, you need to work on your hobbies while developing your skills and also studying and enjoy the journey and be, be kind to yourself during the process. Well, thank you, Jacob and Sebastian. You guys have heard all the tips from the two brightest students at the University of Sydney. <laughs> well, thank you guys, everyone, for listening. We'll see you at another episode of PeerPod. Thank you. That's it for this episode. Thanks for stopping by. I would like to thank the PeerPod team once again for bringing it all together. If today's episode has sparked anything for you, we would love to hear about it. Drop us a line at peerpod.pla 
at sydney.edu.au or message us on Instagram at sydney underscore library underscore PLA. You can also subscribe to PurePod on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Music. Catch you next time.